Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, Podbay, Speaker, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and more. And don't forget that this podcast is also featured at TheChairShot.com, one of our partners. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of our team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing well. Really living for this pre-Halloween season. Halloween just a <laughs> yes. few days away. So good. I oh. Went to the store to pick up the final pieces of my Halloween costume and uh, so many people. I had not seen a Halloween store packed in years. So, you know, as, as much as we always talk about uh, how things have changed over the past year, going back to the stores to see people shop for costumes is one of those major things for me personally. I oh, uh, yeah. I saw a great little joke post uh, online about uh, – 
about the the whole COVID lockdown was just so that more stores storefronts would be available for Spirit of Halloween to be open. Yes, <laughs> yes. Spirit Halloweens are everywhere. Yeah, there's one here in town yeah. too. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of spirits, you may be wondering who is that third person talking? <laughs> the disembodied voice. Who? Who could it be? Who? It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. I can't right now. I just can't. Okay. Right? Yeah, no, we're that good. It's so spooky. It's spooky season, brother. It's spooky. Spooky season. It's my yeah. favorite here. It's so spooky because, like, you came out of nowhere. We didn't even know. We're like, who is this guy? <laughs> Where is he coming from? Yes, everyone. No, that's. This is the trio. This is your first time listening to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much. And if you are a returned listener, Thank you so much. We are very excited to go. Uh, we're excited to have you on this week's show. Uh, make sure to check out all of our previous shows on LuchaCentral.com and uh, our favorite podcast streaming platforms, including our interview with Gina Medina, who uh, we had the pleasure of speaking to. Uh, that interview is now up and live, ready to go. You can listen to it, get to learn more about who Gino Medina is, his background and family heritage in Lucha Libre, working for Major League Wrestling, being trained by Booker T, and much, much more. It was a fantastic interview, and that is available on LuchaCentral.com. You skipped gonna, beating up Psycho Clown. Sorry. Oh, beating up Psycho Clown. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, my apologies, Lo siento, that I forgot about him talking about beating up Psycho Clown. And how he'll do it for Brendan, really. Next, next time. Yeah. Brendan, any time that Gino Medina has the ability to beat up Psycho Clown, I heard that pretty much Brendan has a front row pass. I, I Yeah, that's I, the way I, I understood will. it. I will make it happen one way or another. I'll, I'll kick somebody out of a seat if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit on their lap. Yeah, you can lap it if you wanted to. Um, but if not, yeah, bring your own chair maybe or take someone yeah. else's chair. Or you yeah, can say, Gino. actually, Gino Medina reserved this especially for me. I know you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Gino sure Medina you told me I could be your Lucha Lab buddy, and I'm supposed yeah. to sit here with you. <laughs> That would get Brendan kicked out of the show. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, somebody, somebody, somebody might, might be down it. for it. Yeah. yeah. Or you make a new best friend. Got some fans out there. You know, they. You know, people might pay extra for the VIP experience to have Brendan oh. sit in their lap. I I would not assume that's a VIP. <laughs> should test that out. So you're going to give it to the regular, the non-VIPs? Like, yeah. come on. It's that's, not a, that's not a really good business model, Brendan. I'm, I mean, not a really okay. good business model. Okay. I, I'm, not a, I'm not good at self-promotion. <laughs> very fair. Oh, gosh. Very fair. That's all. I can't. This is where we're already off the, the rails. I blame spooky season. Yeah, it's spooky season is to blame. I believe we were going to talk about, uh, we were going to follow up on the PWI yes. list. Yes, the PWI yeah. Women's 150 came out last week. On last week's show, we were able to read you off uh, the top 10 uh, women um, from this past year that included uh, Diana Barrazzo, Io Shirai, and Raquel Gonzalez. This week, we have a more in-depth list 
of women um, on uh, on the list, including all of the lucha libre, lucha centric, lucha adjacent uh, wrestlers, and it's a pretty plentiful list. Um, the next highest uh, luchadora on the list is uh, Fabi Apache at number twenty five. We have Roxy at twenty eight. Lady Shani at 45, Rosa Negra at 53, Princesa Suhey at 54, Dalis at number 71, Miranda Alize at 102, Alex Gracia at 108, Legends of Lucha Libre star Christy James at 110. I probably should do this also. I think Legends of Lucha <laughs> Libre star as well. At 125, Lady Maravilla. Uh, 126 Frankie Monet at 132 Eva Lise at 133 Diamante and at 146 Cheek Tormenta. So I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on this list. Are there any notable names that stand out to you or numbers that stand out to you yeah. guys? For me, it's that both Taya, uh, Frankie Monet, she dropped 109 spots over the last year. She was 17 wow. last year. Eva Lise was number 31 last year. Now she's number 132. How the mighty have fallen. Like, you can see how much these women not being on TV, not having the significant time they had in their companies before, how immediately and drastically that affected them and the, rankings and mm. even though it's largely kayfabe largely based on tv i feel like that that's very accurate for the momentum this year like i i yeah. think that the way they position things you know thunder rosa moved up mm -hmm. like 12 spots this year i agree she's like that much better but it's it's sad i guess in a way because i i still think taya is one of the most exciting wrestlers in the world yes. period hands down and to see her go from 17 to 126 feels like a real slap in the face. It's really, it's really kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, she did have to go somewhere. I don't dis, I don't, I think she should yeah. be higher, but I can't really, I can't put like a number on it or say that anybody on this list should be lower than her either. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, it's, but, yeah. It's accurate. It's just sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and again, I think it's going to be a struggle for her because now she's in a bigger pond in NXT, whereas on Impact, she was definitely a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Um, I believe she left Impact towards the end of last year, so yeah. we hadn't really seen her in the ring for several months within you know, early 2020. So I think that, too, that transition mm -hmm. out of Impact to NXT, but I agree that from now on, I think it's going to be harder for her to move up the rankings just because, you know, her visibility is going, it's, it's just going to change. Yeah. But so we keep commenting on visibility, but so that means I'm going to, I want to call out uh, 25 and 28, Fabi Apache and Roxy. Uh, both of them worked very quietly, but they worked a lot of shows that, during the lockdown. Like we didn't see a lot of it. I was reading off results. Dusty was reading off results, but we didn't necessarily see a lot of it. And then they managed to move all the way up to, you know, the top 30. Uh, Roxy in particular, like, was unranked last year. Uh, also, we should point out, this is the first year that it goes to 150. Yes. So uh, anyone, Lady Maravilla, all the way down to Cheek Dormenta, they all got the benefit of the added list. But 
Roxy was was unranked last year. She probably would have been in the extra fifty had had they been there. Um, but here she is at number twenty eight, well deserved because it was her year. She worked dozens, if not you know more matches over over the course of the year. She uh, wound up in in uh, the the ROH Women's Tournament, so like it, her hard work paid off. And again, Fabi Apache had, you know, just worked as many AAA shows and indie shows as she could pull off and uh, wound up in that, that angle with Deanna Perrazzo, who was in the top 10. So again, just, uh, but they were just less visible uh, and still managed to quietly work their way up. So I also respect the fact that, uh, work rate and as, as well as, uh, yeah, as well as it seems to be represented here. Also, Again, there's more on this list than there was. Like we had, we only had a handful of names to talk about when we did this list last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So significantly it's... more luchadoras this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. They expanded the field to 150 instead of 100, but at the same time, even like by ratio, we have considerably more this year. Yeah. 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 It's. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a big it's a big improvement, and it shows that they put a we're putting a wider eye to the overall product. We talked about that a bit last week, but the rest of this list really plays that out even more. That they they were looking everywhere, and they were looking at as much as they could. I mean, Christy James, you have mm-hmm. to work hard to find her her indie matches on TV somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I I would say the same thing with kind of with Miranda Alize and Alex Gracia, even though they were also part of the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament, they were also v- working very hard out in the independent scene. So mm-hmm. I look a lot of those three: Miranda Alize, Alex Gracia, and Kristen yeah. James, mm-hmm. very much in a group of women consistently out, you know, throughout the United States working. Uh, but you know, Miranda and Alex especially getting some of the benefit of of being in part of the uh, Women of Honor tournament. Um, so I feel like, you know, that too, but that I feel like they all benefited from having these could have been women that were going to be cut off right at that cusp. Um, but you know, now have that ability to, to be on this list and hopefully that generates more buzz around them because they are the ones going out state to state to state, um, every week, uh, in a, you know, in a tough year, yeah. mm-hmm. in a tough year. It's not yeah. like 2019 where you could go to any indie show and you just, be like i'm gonna be in dallas this weekend give me give me your shows like yeah you had to work to, to get shows this year mm-hmm. yeah so uh again the full list of the pwi women's 150 is available now for purchase you can get the entire list and the entire uh uh edition of that magazine um at really wherever mainly on digital format um, but I think they still have available on in physical uh, yep. copies as I ha- well. I have at least two friends who get them. The print copies are not coming out this month. So if you are yeah. a subscriber, you will have to wait to pick up your print copy next month. There you go. So with that, we are going to start off our shows like we always do with the road back to shows with Brendan. All right. So uh, we talked about Mexico being green and opening up to fans last week so we're we're, uh we're gonna keep just keep going with that shows are running although interestingly enough uh car the crash who we talked about during the lockdown for having a show being shut down having the venue 
formally locked. Uh, depending on which week the report was, it was either COVID, uh, it was either a COVID related shutdown or it was related to noise complaints from the neighbors. Uh, we still don't know which one it really was. Uh, they're, they're running a show on the 30th. Uh, it is, it is being very quietly touted as the last show at this venue. Um, they're not really giving us any story behind it. Uh, so I have no idea if it's that they, they're tired of dealing with the neighbors who complain all the time or if they, the, uh, That's government. Why I a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there's, there's any number of reasons, but they haven't given us anything. They've only just, uh, a couple of times alluded to the fact that this is going to be the last show in that venue. Um, will be interesting that that uh is a it's branded for the crash uh which was uh supposed to be their one of their home away from homes so i don't know if that is related to anything they're doing but uh uh yeah that's that's the story that they're they're, i don't know anything i tried i dug as much as i could to find out but all i know is they they're just saying they're running the last show uh stay tuned i guess uh, so we've had some, some big match announcements coming up. We're gonna, I'm, I'm looking forward to constantly bringing this, this type of new story up. Galley is bringing us Ares and Aramis defending their tag team titles. And Dusty, are you ready for this? It's against Mr. Iguana and Dante Martin. Oh. That's a money match right there. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> I mean, no, that'll be a real banger for real. Right? I think that could be very yeah. exciting. Yeah, exactly. That's the only the only problem I have is who's going to base. It sounds like Mezka Yeska's going to have to base everything. So I don't, <laughs> know. <laughs> don't know how that's going to work. But. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to that's going to work too well. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I want to see that match. That's Galley. That's Chicago. So those of you in the middle part of the states, uh, you have a very special match coming your way, and it's uh, well worth your time to look into that. And Galley usually shows up on uh, IWTV shortly after, so we will do our best to make it make you aware when this is watchable. Uh, this weekend, IWRG is doing their annual spooky Castle of Terror match, which where the contestants will uh, put their mask and or hair on the line, and the last person to escape the cage loses whatever whatever is on the line for them so uh, if it's dr wagner who is potentially in this match they haven't given us they've teased people who could be in it but they haven't given us an official lineup he'd lose his hair if it's uh uh one of wagner's kids who still have masks it would be their masks just to give you an example here uh and they're all people who potentially could be on there iwrg draws wide from the indies uh, there's even more options available now that we're going to get to later, which is probably smart of them to not answer or to not give the full details away. But I always love this match. I love sp- spooky time of year in Lucha, and, and this is one of the big ones for me. So wanted to make sure we got that. Uh, speaking of, of dream matches that we uh, we might be seeing uh, or or other things happening. Just a quick little tidbit. Super Astro is, uh, says that he has left CMLL mostly because he wants to wrestle more in the U.S. That m- might also make him available for that IWRG, but that's a digression there. Uh, 
Um, it, what is interesting to me about this is when we were talking about this in 2019 and 2020 even, the momentum really was there to bring luchadors to the United States. We had a number of Absolutely. promotions. Yeah. We had a number of promotions that were featuring luchadors prominently and respectfully. Uh, it, we still do, although, uh, this, the landscape is changing significantly. We're going to get to that soon. So I, I hope that this works out as well for Super Astro as, as it could have in 2019. Um, we will we will see because I want to see him in more shows, but you know maybe we'll get him hooked up and get him at a, an Expo Lucha. I'd love to see him alongside uh, uh, Solar, who's a regular at Expo Lucha. So you know, yeah, Los Cadets del Espacio. Yeah, see, Dusty knows. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the last story I've got uh, on that in this whole vein is uh, just another quick one. Grand Metal Grand Metalik is tweeting about wanting to face TJP while he's in Mexico, which kind of is alluding to the fact that he wants to wrestle in Mexico sooner rather than later. Because for those of you who don't know, we'll talk about this later. TJP is in Mexico right now, so uh, just kind of a. Kind of, a, I, I like this little tease. I wanted to, to throw that out there because it got me excited. So I'm hoping it gets other people excited. Um, those of you who don't know, Grand Metal League is my favorite member of the Lucha House Party. Dusty has his own favorite. So we're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lennon but, and McCartney of the Lucha House Party. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just I was excited by that idea. So um, I'm going to move over to the indie roundup real quick. I we we have a big news story, so I'm only going to cover a little bit here. A huge thank you to PCW Ultra for inviting the podcast to come down. Unfortunately, I was the only one that could make it, so we didn't have as big a presence at PCW Ultra last weekend in Los Angeles. But we I was there. We had a it was a great show. We had a good time. A lot of big stuff happened. There's a lot of good matches. Uh, for full results, you can check out my socials as well as I'm going to uh, try and have this submitted uh, uh, online later. But uh, we uh, Lucha Adjacent matches. We had Viva Van uh, going for the, the PCW Ultra Women's title against Ruby Rays and uh much to the shock of the audience like they they uh barely made the three count that <laughs> you know most fans do uh they Viva Van came out on top on this one uh she, she you know they were playing up the she was outsized and outpowered and Ruby Ruby Rays is a bit more of a vet than her too so this was widely being portrayed as an upset and uh the aftermath of the match would kind of support that Ruby Ray thought she was going to win too, because she took the belt and, and we've seen variations on this where people nicely hand the belt to the new champ and raise their hand, but she took the belt and instead uh, beat the hell out of Viva Van with it and then stormed off. Uh, that, that plays out later in the night, but uh, congratulations to Viva Van on winning the women's title. Uh, that, I'm sure we will see her defending that it shows in the near future. Um, I will definitely be talking to her about that at, when she comes up to Seattle sometime for a defy show. Cause I know she will now. So good job. And it was a hell of a match really. 
and then in our main event, we had War Beast and 5150 going to war. This was a match that was billed as All Violence is Legal, which is kind of a War Beast sort of trademark. Uh, they, they, they lived up to that. This went through the crowd. You had chairs. You had tables. You had a fireball. It's not a War Beast match without a fireball going True. somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, they know what the people want. It's, they do. They totally do. And the people were absolutely into this. From the moment that uh, 5150 came out, the crowd was booing the hell out of them. They were trying to get them out of the building just with their words. Warbees came out and everybody lit it up. Uh, there was several F New York chants that happened throughout the course of the match. Every time somebody ate a table, it was amazing. It was, uh, it was, uh, Danny who ate the fireball and then got pinned for the three counts. So War Beast did retain. But the real story coming out of this is right after that happened, from right next to me even. So this was, that made this extra awesome. Papa Esco came roaring out to the, to the, uh, ring with a baton and he started to, to beat the heck out of the, out of War Beast. Danny and us uh, and Slice recovered and they joined in, making it clear they were all kind of participating in this together. And then uh Juicy Fanau came out. Juicy. Yeah. I just love Juicy. It's just it's actually like a gut reaction every time I hear Juicy's name. I have to then say Juicy. <laughs> it's true. Every time he's announced, that's the the appropriate counter response. Uh so he came out, kind of evened things up, but then Ruby Rays, again, from right next to me. I had this wonderful spot on the aisle, and uh, both times these run-ins happened, I didn't notice them until they elbowed me on their way past. So <laughs> thanks for, for letting me know you were there. I, I actually appreciated that. Uh, no sarcasm. I, I, it made my night. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that set up a four-on-four match for with uh, – Warbeast versus this 5150 faction. I don't know if we, they're still going to be 5150 with all of that, but, uh, uh, yeah, so we're going to have Warbeast of Fatu and Samael with Juicy Finau and Viva Van against Rivera Slice, Papo Esco and Ruby Rays, January 28th, which is my birthday weekend. So I'm thinking I might treat myself and go down and see some Four-on-four violence. <laughs> That's, But that was our PCW Ultra. Again, thank you to PCW Ultra for inviting us down. Uh, I had a great time, and I will probably go back again, maybe even the 28th. That's uh, That sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. That's my indie roundup. Again, I was keeping this small this week. We did do feature somebody who invited us to an event. So, uh, we, you know, as I always try and pitch, you can, we don't have to always be invited. You can send us footage. You can send us results. We will feature you on the air. We, uh, tend to favor the people who s- submit stuff to us over me going out and finding it. So, you know, uh, later I'll, we'll give out socials and you can, you can get that and you can get full results of the PCW Ultra from my Twitter feed as well. There you go. And, yeah, make sure to follow us on social media. That way you get information on just those little tidbits on upcoming events, 
in the independent scene, reminders of when our show pops in, interviews that we're doing, all of that. But again, reach out to us if you are an independent wrestling fan, promotion, wrestler in the world of Lucha Libre. We'd love to feature your stuff on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Up next, though, you know what time it is. It is time for Denise Alcedo to let us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network with Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And a big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who's letting you know what's happening throughout Lucha Central Central, all the podcasts that are airing, where you can find them, and of course, visiting LuchaCentral.com. I forgot to give Denise a shout out. She was also at the PCW Ultra Show. She said hi to everybody listening. And, uh, 
you know, just wanted to to give her the the, the love back. Thank you for for being a good ho- a gracious host, Denise. Yes. So, uh, up next, we have some breaking news within the world of professional wrestling. It just come out over the past day with Ring of Honor. We have to start talking about this because, I mean, this has implications that trickle all throughout wrestling. And, you know, of course, with the Lucha Central Weekly podcast as a healthy amount of their talent are luchadors. <laughs> yeah. So that gives us, I mean, we'll get into it to a second, but Brendan, I mean, what an announcement we saw yesterday from Ring of Honor. So before we get to the huge announcement, I'm going to start with the non-news. There was nothing Lucha-centric on TV this week. So if you were excited about maybe watching something on TV, this isn't the week for you. Uh, we will give you the status of what's coming up on TV in a second because it, this giant announcement that happened here, ROH went on uh, social media and announced that they are currently releasing everybody from their contracts, uh, effective uh, at the end of December. So, and uh, they're going to everybody just in typical ROH fashion. You're still going to get paid if you were booked. You will still get paid through the the end of this contract, but the contract will be everybody will be released. Everybody is immediately available to appear anywhere they want, which is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. That means we have all of these luchadors that are on the ROH roster. Now free with work permits to in the U.S. to just go anywhere, um, and as well as going back to Mexico and doing shows. So craziness. Uh, I I I have updates on what will be happening with TV, but I know you guys have been chopping at the bit to talk about this. So what do you go guys think? I'm going to kick it over to Dusty first. What? Well, yeah, I mean it's crazy. This is kind of unprecedented. I I always enjoyed Ring of Honor when they were like the super indie, when there weren't like contracted Ring of Honor wrestlers. It was just the super indie, like, you know, the, the final boss of indies. I think that's kind of what they're going back towards. It's interesting. Uh, all of the wrestlers I saw seemed to be very thankful and gracious towards Ring of Honor. I thought there might be a little bit of you know, kind of sour grapes or upset feelings, you know, that they were ending all this, but all the wrestlers seem very satisfied with it, so at least they're going about it the right way. But I don't know what this means for the product going forward, if they're going to be a super indie. They really dropped the ball. Uh, I believe Bully Ray mentioned this on Busted Open Radio, but they really dropped the ball with Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and the G1 Supercard was the one that really stuck out to me. Like, that was their, their a big missed opportunity, one of their biggest missed opportunities. I, I don't know how to explain it. It feels like an overcorrection for them not knowing what to do going forward. Allegedly, the tape library is for sale. So yeah. I, I don't know what any of this means for Ring of Honor. None of it's great. There were rumors, uh, gosh, was it last year or 2019, that Anthem might want to buy Ring of Honor or might be buying Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how they're doing this now. It helps uh, make the product as uh, attractive to a new buyer as possible, especially if they didn't necessarily want the roster with the with the company. Yeah, um, The name might be worth more than anything else or... 
It also explains why Ring of Honor has not worked with AEW, why the Forbidden Door hasn't opened that way. We've kind of all wondered about that. It's been mentioned a lot of times. We, uh, as recently as the Lucha Bros with, uh, Dragon Lee and Drillistico, we thought they might be coming to AEW. But if the company was quietly closing the doors going forward, they're allegedly coming back in April. I, I don't know. I think we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, on mm-hmm. that. As much as it feels possible this could be a new chapter, something new, Ring of Honor had gotten stale. They put all their eggs in the Marty Squirrel basket. And then that obviously went bad for them during the, you know, Time's Up, Me Too era for the wrestling industry, especially the British wrestling industry. And so they needed something new, but I don't think this was it. This feels very severe. It feels drastic. And it just kind of feels like the end of Ring of Honor in a way to me. So uh, I'm going to cut in here real quick. The uh the rumor is that it was Sinclair Broadcasting, the parent company that owns ROH, that put pressure for this to happen. That's so, what I had heard, too. So that's why I wondered yeah. if maybe it was for sale, you know, that, or if they'd gotten yeah, an offer on it. Yeah, yeah that, that, let's that, beat that rumor. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that I was going to say, I know So that's kind of – we're in a time right now where everyone's still gathering, you know, information on that. And, I mean, first, I think initially just seeing that social media post – um, was, uh, you know, really shocking for a lot of ROH fans because we had consistently seen, you know, the television product. They had been going back to live events with an audience. They had just revamped their women's division. So I do feel like this had kind of come out of nowhere that if maybe they hadn't had shows for a while, that maybe this wouldn't have been as surprising. But I think also the struggles that they had that they were one of the first promotions to shut down completely when the pandemic started. And And yeah, they did everything right. And they, you know, put together shows with no audience still. So it was very hard for them, I think, to generate money. Um, What all of the implications about, you know, what could be happening to, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's hard to tell, at least from my perspective, um, you know, and with all the stories out there, it does mean that, you know, it, it overall feels like this could be the end of Ring of Honor, just the way that people are are approaching it. I also do think it's smart, at least for Ring of Honor, the way that they have approached this with their talent to say, this is as far as that we can go with you. But, you know, feel free to start planning your futures. We support you yeah. in that. And so, uh, you know, at least on what we've seen a a level of transparency um, Mm -hmm. and effort of trying to keep this together and just likely financially not being able to, I don't know if there is a revamp happening in between now and then, but I do think that some of this gets people's attention to the point where if, you know, they didn't maybe have offers or didn't have interest uh, up till now, they sure are going to have people's attention um, between now and, and April for the rest of this year because yeah. Ring of Honor has been such an integral part of independent wrestling. Um, and, yeah, AEW would not exist if it were not for Ring of Honor. And, you know, so they, they have all of that there. There's the, the people that have come through the doors of Ring of Honor, I mean, are the people that we see now on television that have, you know, headlined pay-per-views and WrestleManias and everything, you know? Changed so, the direction of the industry. Yeah, I mean, let's, uh, absolutely. We can't understate how important these ROH graduates are. Like, But, you know, yeah. we haven't seen that in quite some time because you've had, like, 
NXT, you yeah. know, which essentially became the Ring of Honor uh, within WWE, even though NXT, though, has changed its direction, too. You know, wrestling looks different now. You have AEW that has really taken the place of Ring of Honor on a televised platform. So who is AE? I'm sorry, who is Ring of Honor now? You know, right. and I think that's been a question people have been asking for quite some time. I think what helps make them stand apart was their level of talent, you know, the peer division, the utilization of luchadors. You know, those were all things that made them very unique and mm-hmm. allowed them to have a product that stood out. But what does that mean in generating revenue and new fans? You know, that I think where there's an issue there as well. And how do you then reformat your business strategy if you have to kind of shrink down or if you have to kind of reformat your business plan to maybe be a little smaller. And maybe that's what I'm thinking. If they are re strategizing and are able to continue, they got to break things down and they have to kind of, you know, reel things in and really go to a more simplistic model, at least now, um, because there's just too much competition and not enough money out there. So we keep going to it. So I am going to talk. They have, given us a little bit of an outline of what the future will look like we they as i mentioned they're going to go till december they're going to have the final battle pay-per-view uh the i don't know if it's going to be a pay-per-view anymore uh that's that's a whole other conversation but they're going to have final battle which will be the end of roh in its current iteration and then they will come back they in theory they're going to come back in the spring uh, with a new fan focused direction. That is according to their mission statements that they have put out. We will continue to see ROH television through Sinclair Broadcasting. They, all the way through December, they will still have new programming. They are recording this weekend to, to have everything up through that. And then we will have clip shows all the way until the relaunch. So. Th- that may or may not change if, uh, you know, as Dusty and I are speculating that, that Sinclair is doing this because they're up for, they want to put them up for sale. That, and the library, if the library goes with them, they may, that, that may change as well. But as of right now, that is the official plan. Um, so we do every continuing episode of ROH that we get with content on it is going to be kind of special. And I think that's important to, to stress too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ring of Honor's TV license or TV deal isn't working because Sinclair owns the station. Correct. Yeah. They only air on Sinclair stations. So, like Mm -hmm. for WWE, AEW, TV presence is a huge money maker. That's the main. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor right now, that makes nothing. So these free shows they were putting on, that made them nothing. Yeah. Like, and. Yeah, it was just mm-hmm. important to note that when we discuss yeah. it. it well, and yeah. ultimately, when you talk about the video library, that is something that has just come out really today. Um, you know, that video library could be where they could make a whole lot of money um, because of all of the content in, that they've had over the years, the wrestlers that they've had. To say that there may not be a bidding war after that library, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be – super lucrative because you have you know entities like wwe who could add that to the catalog and make a whole lot of money now i don't know what that looks like as far as how it is under peacock um, because i think this would be essentially the first big acquisition of content um for wwe since moving to peacock post peacock Um, yeah yeah but you also have aew who i am sure is looking to start building their own catalog, um, you know, of course, of their own content. But if they can also jumpstart that with uh, Ring of Honor content, decades, you know, of content Mm -hmm. there, you know, that could really help them in launching their own platform or launching their own library. So I think the stakes are very high for that library, at least with those two parties who know, you know, what else or who else may be putting in a bid for it. But that's where they could make that money is in the library. It's true. I'm going to just put this pitch out there now because I still support the current iteration of ROH heavily. Uh, it's only $9.99 to join the Honor Club right now, which gives you access to everything they've put in there uh, from their library up, which is pretty extensive. It will get you a free Honor Club exclusive match that's being filmed at this weekend or event that's being filmed at this weekend's tapings as well as uh, the the final battle event in December. So 10 bucks gets you a lot right now, including access to all of that library. Yeah, yeah watch and, it while you can. Yeah, watch yeah. it while, while you can for this, you know. And again, this is just what, I mean, this is now a, a time full of, of buzz um, of what could be happening. And I think we have what Ring of Honor is presenting to us um in their social media uh, messages and now we're getting you know of course what we will continue to hear from different um news outlets and sources i think that it's you know a hard time for you know now too with everyone getting out of their contracts you know that means a whole wide range of people that are available and what that means for them um you know i'm i'm very curious your guys' thoughts on specifically the luchadors who are contracted you know mm-hmm. with uh ring of honor like lfi um you know like bandito you know what are are your thoughts already i believe um, Bandito has been signed uh, to be on a few GCW shows, um, Game Changer Wrestling shows, I believe. That no surprise there. Yeah, like you know, he was already working indies before he did ROH, and um, that just frees him up to do a few more dates. 
So Bandito specifically was in CMLL last uh, before ROH or actually during. And he, uh, they very specifically burn CMLL very specifically burned that bridge. So yeah, uh, he, he could go anywhere, but I'm just going to point this out. We've got a couple of pay-per-views for some of the, the companies coming up. AEW has, has um, full gear. I believe it is coming up soon. And uh, I, Miranda, does Impact have a pay-per-view coming up soon? Uh, yes, Turning Point in November. So you could see a lot of surprise matches and surprise entrants at those is what I'm speculating. Because that, that gives them – both of these gives them time to negotiate contracts, even if it's a one-off appearance. And, uh, you know, and then, and then showing up as kind of a big surprise at the pay-per-view, which will create interest and buzz for sure. And Im- Impact is notorious for taking advantage of this. They the, every oh, yeah. time there's a mass release at WWE, they mm-hmm. they tease that they're all showing up there. Yeah. Well, and also <laughs> same thing with AEW. You know, I mean that that could be, you yeah. know, and they're already pretty full. But again, they have you know what one two three four five hours of content weekly, six yeah. hours of content weekly. Uh huh. And they, yeah. And they're featuring the AAA belts as their secondary tag team titles, as well as Kenny Omega recently having held the Mega Championship. So bringing in Lucha talent, especially those that could be working for AAA. Uh, that's the other, that's, so that's the third avenue that we could see. We could see some of these guys go back to AAA and then wind up because they're, they're fully permitted to work in the United States going up to AEW, but as contracted AAA wrestlers. That's just me speculating on, on yeah. the business of things. So yes. <laughs> Dusty, did you have any thoughts on this? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of where people would go. I think that we see certain people stick together wherever they go. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I think Faction and Gobernable are going to go as a group no matter where they go. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that they could really make a big shakeup and impact. Um, Yeah. Yeah, You know, that's that's kind of where I would like to see them go. He had a very, very nice statement about the Ring of Honor thing and you know, that it would always be, you know, ungovernable and all this stuff. Very nice. <laughs> um, I I don't know. What I would mostly like to see is somebody else to come in. Maybe, you know, something new. There's a void right now. Ring of Honor not doing anything for six months. There's yeah. time for somebody to come in and kind of take that Ring of Honor place. We've seen Ring of Honor. Who knows what they're going to do when they come back, but we saw NXT rebrand, this NXT 2.0, kind of this different thing. There's still a market for pure wrestling. There's a lot of us mm-hmm. that love that Ring of Honor style. And so if somebody had enough money and was savvy enough to make the connections or already had the connections built in – I think that this would be an excellent opportunity for either an indie to rise up and become a super indie or a brand new company to come about and kind of be a, an online company. 
there is another major player that we haven't mentioned yet and that could take advantage of this void as well and has MLW. a lot of crossover you. Okay, yeah. that's two. We did have, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't bring them I was gonna say uh New Japan's American Dojo because oh, they yeah. New Japan because Strong would be amazing they, they cross over a lot with uh with with a style that was ROH was very much about that strong style. But you're right, MLW um could easily fill in the void too. I just the main reason I didn't think about that is because they're already making big moves. Like they were going that, that to. That was my thought. Is they're already <laughs> so far up that it yeah. wouldn't take much of a step to take Ring of Honor's spot. You know, like they could easily move into that. I think Impact is really the third tier at this point, but they could be the next level. I mean, the level before Impact, before AEW, before WWE. If all these guys are still running things the way they are, we've seen Brian Danielson on Dark, which used to be the developmental program. Uh, you know, we have all these people on NXT. There's still room for somewhere to see new people, people that aren't necessarily TV ready, but they're exciting. They're, you know, seasoned traveling indie wrestlers, yes. people you want to see. And so somebody like MLW, they've already got the TV deal with Vice. They've got the online footprint. They've got the fan base. If they could seize this moment somehow, this could be what, I mean, takes them from. Yes. A wrestling yeah. company to the indie wrestling company. And, and you're right. Like, there is now this opening, but also it's such a perfect blend where they do have element. They do have Azteca Underground. So if you're right. looking for the variety of talent um, on the Lucha side, they could probably fit very well in there. Uh -huh. um, but then if you just want to focus on more strong and pure style, that has a place in MLW, too. So I think with you know, the rise of popularity and visibility of MLW, they could utilize this time to become, you know, the new, you know, to, to really step in that place that Ring of Honor had um, for many, many years. Yeah. Um, you know, as as this, I mean, not just of pure wrestling, but again, a fusion. I think that's also what makes MLW stand out is that it's Very, a fusion yeah. of different wrestling styles that you can find on one television product. So I, I think that this could be a really good opening, not to say that someone's going to, you know, jump jump in right away but i do think that if we do lose ring of honor you know that could be where mlw can capitalize and try and bring in those fans um into that product but you're right as far as the new japan side on, on um uh on the west coast you know they could definitely capitalize on some of that ring of honor talent as well and just independence from across the united states you know can now um you know, showcase these talents as well. And I think that would help draw people to independent shows. But I, I really, I, I really agree with that MLW statement. I just, to, as an extra little, uh, cherry on top there, Ray Oros was already on, uh, Lucha Underground. So if they don't capitalize and put him in Azteca Underground, they are missing an opportunity. And, I, I don't – they don't seem to be big on missing opportunities for this upcoming Lucha promotion. No, and, and MLW has stated where the majority of their roster is signed. They have about 80 percent of their roster signed, but I believe it's about 20 percent that they have kind of more of a fluidity with who they bring and utilize. And so even if it's not signing them in particular but bringing them in for you know limited engagements or a taping – 
I mean, that still you could leverage that in a, on a short term basis. Heck yeah. And six months is the perfect time to do it. Like they can, they can just pop in for a taping or two and, and call it good and effectively get a double payday, which is again, we need to, I want to restress this because I don't think we brought this up. ROH was the most responsible company in the lockdown era. People got paid for all the dates, whether the, the, an event happened or not. They, uh, they continued to, uh, to, to work towards having a safe bubble before they, they announced a return to wrestling. This may have been part of the big online, big expenses that were created, but at the same time, uh, it, it shows, it shows the, why you have the loyalty and why you have these generous statements coming out there about what a great company they were is that they put the wrestlers and all of their family talent First, that means uh, the, uh, the hero who sets up the ring, uh, as well as uh, you know all the guys in the office and the wrestlers in between, right? Like that's, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I just wanted to to re- really stress that that the, this is uh, it's so and they're doing they're following that they're following with a generous thing where they're still going to get paid now during this during this time. Um, and I I just got the. The, the shut up Brendan notification. So <laughs> not not shut up, but we we do have to move forward a bit. And it, again, it's a, it's incredibly hard, you know, because we do have other you know other aspects to talk about. Because you know the fact that there's still just a lot of information that we still need to know, and ultimately, too, you know what. what how things they have framed on their social media compared to what they really mean as well. You know, that too could be, is this just a, a way to stall before saying that they're going to sell? Are they truly trying to do a revamp? You know, did they have to really cut everybody loose in order to do this revamp? There's still, you know, a lot of, of pieces of information and a lot of speculation out there. But you know that we are going to be covering this as much as we can on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast because this absolutely has implications for the luchadors on the show and, of course, all, you know, wrestling promotions. Right. Yeah, so, lots of big news coming out mm-hmm. of this. Yes. Yeah. With that, we already talked a little bit about AEW, but Dusty, go ahead and take us away with what happened this week on AEW uh, products. First up, we had Rampage, and we touched on this match last week, but we had Pac versus Andrade. We finally got to see it, and what a great match. Right away, it started with everyone besides the competitors being banned from ringside. So there's no Lucha Bros, no FTR, whoever Andrade's buddies with now. Just these two dudes tearing it up in the ring. The chemistry between Pac and Andrade is incredible. I've talked about this before with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, but when the chemistry is just right between two wrestlers like this, the results are always just sublime. The pacing and the dynamics in this match were perfectly laid out, and I was just constantly impressed with Andrade, and I really wish he could have gotten a win out of this one. However, Pac picked up the win after hitting the small package on Mm -hmm. Andrade. Uh, It was a six-minute and 22-second match, and 
despite my wish that Andrade Pack had gotten attention on Dynamite instead of Rampage, these guys have kind of been the star of Rampage for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're not going to get a 16 and a half minute match on Dynamite. Like, there's no way they're going to get to have mm-hmm. the banger of a match either. There's so many EVPs involved in Dynamite that I feel like they wouldn't have necessarily wanted to have followed this match. And, I mean, like, that's how good they are. There's something special between the two of them, and I would like to see more between them in the future. After the match, Malachi Black showed up to mist Pack. Andrade told Malachi to bring in the chair, but then Cody Rhodes showed up and fought him off. I think we're going to see Andrade aligning with Aleister Black in some way going forward. This coming week on Dynamite, he's got a match against Cody. So Andrade versus Cody, I think, will be a lot of fun. We'll touch on a little bit more of that here in a minute about why it'll be a lot of fun. But it's interesting. There's a lot of possibilities with this, and they're really working hard to make Andrade feel exciting. And this is the most exciting he's felt since he started in AEW, to me at least. I feel like there's finally something exciting going on. Uh, Then also this week we had Dark Elevate – or Tuesday – Night Dark, not Dark Elevation, excuse me, regular Tuesday Dark. And we had Too Fast, Too Fuego, and their AEW AEW tag team debut. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, we have Fuego Del Sol, who you may be familiar with. We've mentioned him many times on the show. But now we have Fuego Dos. And they went up against Kid Bandit and Dean Alexander. Like, imagine telling somebody a few days before WrestleMania this year that by Halloween, Daniel Bryan would go back to being Bryan Danielson. He'd be tearing it up on AEW Dark in one of the best matches, if not the best match to ever air on Dark. And that the lead-in match for that would be Cody Rhodes under a mask teaming with Fuego Del Sol against, a, like, an anime fan who Naruto runs at people. And we'd all love it. Like, it, it's crazy. It was such a fun and entertaining match. Cody, despite whatever you think of Cody, he really committed to this. He has the tattoo blocking makeup on the dream tattoo, the neck tattoo. That I didn't notice. That's commitment. I think that's also, you know, being part of that TV world now, he got access to all that stuff. So I appreciate (laughs) he really is committing to, to the character. And I think that's at least... You know, for whatever you want to say about him, he truly commits to something. When he sees a vision in his head about a character or a persona, he goes all in with it. And you, and he makes you believe it. And he makes you, you know, kind of understand he's so multifaceted. And I can really, really appreciate that. So we keep talking like it's for sure Cody. And I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, they. I'm not going to say that it's not, but they did a good enough job with blocking the tattoos, and the 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 commentators kind of mentioning that it's it might not be Cody, but they think it is. You know that that you know we do have to give them the that kind of uh. Let's go ahead and call it kayfabe for this one, but you know yeah. it could be it could be anybody under that mask. It just happens to look an awful lot like the same body type as Cody. Does <laughs> have a different move set, you know? Yeah. So if it is Cody, he's showing his dedication by switching up his moves, uh, yeah. a little bit more of a Stardust style move set than 
the traditional Fuego moveset that we've seen from Fuego Del Sol, now with Fuego Dos. But Fuego Dos is really popular. Like, this tag team was super popular with the fans. People online talked about it. I mean, I saw a lot about it. People would casually, like, two or three times, you know, in the last few days. We Just a couple of days have passed since we saw it when we recorded. But a couple, two or three people have mentioned to me, hey, did you see Cody Rhodes, his luchador now? He's got a mask. And I was like, yeah, it's really cool, right? You know, I mean, it's just an exciting thing. And it's nice to see Cody embracing that compared to what we see in WWE. It gives me a lot of hope for luchadors and masked wrestlers in AEW. I I feel like that's an important part of wrestling. It's one of my personal favorite things. Allegedly, Vince isn't super high on masks, and that's part of the deal. (laughs) So I like that Cody likes masks. That's What's good for that is good for me. (laughs) I I honestly thought you were going to mention this. It is worth mentioning that 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 is a legit mask he's wearing. That's not a a fan-grade mask. That is somebody – Yeah, somebody somebody super legit made it. Whoever yeah. makes Fuegos, I would imagine, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But the it, yeah, it is a very nice mask. He's taking it very seriously, and very cool. We also had Dynamite this week twice. We had a Saturday Dynamite. There wasn't much in the way of Lucha on Saturday. We had a quick video promo between the Lucha Bros and FTR. But then news came out later in the week that part of the deal. And, like, part of why AAA was so excited about FTR getting the tag titles didn't have as much to do with FTR as it did with Vicky Guerrero. She is going to be their manager in Mexico and in AAA. Uh, if you've seen Vicky, you know she can just get nuclear heat. <laughs> they, I mean, they love to hate a great Rudo in Mexico. And can you imagine yeah. Vicky in front of, like, a Triple Mania crowd – Oh, so good. You, Jeff Jarrett thought he was the best Rudo in Mexico, but he is in for a rude awakening, my friends, because Vicky is going to get booed out of Mexico City. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I am so excited for that. I have never seen anybody get people so upset by doing so little at a wrestling show as Vicky had. <laughs> I mean, women just wanting to fight her, going crazy in the crowd. And all she had to do was come out there and make that face and say, excuse me. And so sometimes good. she doesn't even need to say excuse me, just the <laughs> face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the presence. Yeah. Oh, no. She, yeah. And she's what? going to, you know, when she's in Mexico, even though she can speak Spanish, she will speak only English. And, yeah. and it will. She knows. <laughs> she will be the best heel. And that's what I was going to say, too, is it's so good for FTR because they they have their own thing going, their classic wrestling thing. But, you know, a strong and, you know, kind of mean and crazy woman as a manager is a kind of a classic thing in wrestling. And Vicky knows everybody. She has been everywhere. She has met every wrestler there is because of her family connection and her WWE connection. And this is going to be so great for FTR because not only do they – kind of need somebody to help them get over his heels and Vicky is going to be amazing for that in Mexico but they also need somebody to kind of help them navigate Mexico navigate the yeah. lucha thing they, the the politics yeah. the the people and Vicky like I mentioned knows everybody she's been everywhere yeah. so this is like the perfect pairing to help them 
it will make them have that legitimacy so they don't get just absolutely the shit beat out of them in the middle of the ring. (laughs) Well, and I think it's also great for her to be able to do something within this AEW framework. You know, her managing has been very hit or miss. Um, And, you know, she started off with Nyla, and that's been, you know seeming more comical than influential she started with andrade and that didn't last and now with ftr which could make the most sense because it's the best of both it could be comical when it needs to be it could be serious when it needs to be you know she adds some you know depth to the to ftr and and to their reign and they also uh, you know give her you know a a great team because also when you think about it you know stepping in for tully you know it's a perfect sense that they need someone like her to do that and but i think she needs someone you know to to really manage that allows her to show that versatility that she has and if I'm not mistaken, this is Vicky's first foray into AAA, and so it also helps her – for as much as it gives FTR the Vicky Guerrero rub, she gets the FTR rub. She's appearing with champions. She's appearing mm-hmm. with young people. These are the people that sought her out. It also kind of helps tie together the FTR, Andrade, Vicky, Chavo, it kind of ties all of that together in a way. We couldn't really figure it out yet, but we're starting to see pieces go into place now that are explaining all of this. You know, we mentioned it, I believe Miranda mentioned it. You know, Vicky was Andrade's manager when he came out, and then he had Chavo, and then he kind of kicked Chavo out. Now he's got nobody. So it's interesting to see what's going on. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if he pairs up with Vicky in the future. There's just a lot that could happen with this that's exciting. And speaking of exciting, we've had Dynamite back on Wednesday. We had a hell of a match between Sammy Guevara and Ethan Page for the TNT title. This, oh, such a great match. Really fun match. Sammy is so good at what he does. And he is just so charismatic. And he just has that it factor that you can't explain. You just can't help but be excited by what he does when you watch him. And you can't help but watch him. And he just has that quality that makes you want for him to succeed. And he's really doing that in a big way in AEW right now. Sammy is, oh, he's just so good, and he makes it all look effortless. There's tons of high-flying action in this match. Sammy really excels at that, and he's so precise in his work and so crisp and so clean that it's easy to forget how young he is and that this is somebody that's on their way up and has been built up in AEW rather than coming into AEW as a main event talent. I, I don't know if a lot of you remember when he came out at All In. Um, I, I watched it. I wasn't super familiar with Sammy. I was familiar, not super familiar. He had the panda head. He, mm-hmm. he just wasn't the guy. He didn't even strike you as somebody who could be the guy. But now it's obvious that Sammy is going to be the guy. As far as what it takes to succeed in the main event, I think that Sammy is the best all-arounder that AEW has for their next generation of talent. I think it's very likely he's going to be the first kind of 
not necessarily homegrown, but so, mostly homegrown within yeah. AEW talent to win that AEW World Heavyweight Championship. For as much as we love Jungle Boy, I love Jungle Boy, or as much as we love to hate MJF, Sammy yeah. genuinely, he has the best all-around style, he has the best presence, he has the best charisma, and he has all of that in a way that works as both a face and a heel without having to change a whole lot. Sammy, Sammy, and depending who you put him up against, you know, it could kind of play either way. He's the best and he knows it. And I love that about him. This is the beginning of a big climb for Sammy, and I highly recommend everybody keep their eye on him. He's only a year or two away from becoming the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, in my opinion. You can mark my words on that. I think within the next six months, we'll start to see him in main event level uh, title matches, challenges. I am so excited for Sammy. This match and, and all his work lately have just shown that AEW's behind Sammy, that when they put him in a high value or a high position, he can exceed all expectations. I, I, I don't want to fan out too much on Sammy, but seriously, Sammy Guevara is going to be the guy. And watching this match, that was my main, it was a great match. I, I love Ethan Page. I love to hate Ethan Page as the, the heel, the Rudo. If you've seen my Instagram, you know I'm the only hater and a whole sea of people when Ethan Page is coming down the steps. But, Sammy was so good in this. He is what stands out. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I love Ethan Page. So much fun. But you can't take your eyes off of Sammy. He just looked like a star the entire time on Wednesday. <laughs> and it, it, I don't know what else to say about it. Like I, I feel like I'm kind of gushing about how great he I, is. But he I, I is. Do feel, I do feel it's important to note that this was a match that suffered from AEW overbooking. But <laughs> that's uh, true. Too many stipulations on there, but uh they kept most of that out of the way until the match was over. So that shows their faith in Sammy and oh, yeah. Ethan's ability to perform. And then they put all of the schmoz nonsense in, which we needed. So um I, I, that that supports your gushing that that they. 100% believe in him. Uh, so I just wanted to, to make sure we got that in there too. And also my usual complaint that, you know, just too many stipulations on the match. <laughs> it's, that's fair. You know, yeah. they, they projected who was going to win by those stipulations they put on there. Cause the only way Sammy was going to escape all of the nonsense was to win. So, and then, and then the, uh, the yeah, good guys get the to. thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. At AW, for as much as they do a lot of the, the nonsense that telegraphs who's going to win and who's going to lose, at the same time, it's very satisfying to feel that the, your guy, the good guy, mm-hmm. has won, the bad guy yeah. has lost. And they yeah. really retain that feel in a way that WWE doesn't. And so for as much as I do have issues with the overbooking, like you mentioned, at the same time, they understand that the core of it is good guy versus bad guy and good guy should win. <laughs> and I really respect AEW for that. It makes a more enjoyable, more casually enjoyable product, but the talent inside the ring makes it a much more enjoyable product for people that, you know, really focus on work rate and ring work like I do. Uh, yeah, a lot going on. 
check back next week for Dynamite. Hopefully we'll have some Lucha Bros information. In the meantime, be sure to check out LuchaCentral.com. Pep will have everything that you need to know about AEW. Rampage this Friday, Dark on Monday, or Dark Elevation on Monday, rather, Dark on Tuesday. He's got it all, and it's at LuchaCentral.com. And now we have Miranda. She's going to tell us what's going on in MLW this week. Yes, a lot of MLW news coming out. But first, we're going to start off with this week's Alpha Fusion. The episode started with Mil Muertes and Cesar Duran discussing business. And Caesar had stated that now that, or actually it was Mil who talked and confronted Caesar about now that Mil has fulfilled his end of the deal, i.e. becoming the IWA Caribbean champion and beating Richard Holiday, that Cesar would now need to hold up his end of the deal. Um, Cesar reminded slash asked Samuel if he understood that by upholding his end of the deal, it would involve a sacrifice, in which Mil replied yes. And in that, Cesar Duran provided Mil with a glowing box in which he opened. So we don't know what is in that box, and we quite not sure about what it means but uh you know it is just something that uh we will wait and see still the mystery of azteca underground as far as this week's episode goes of content though uh we did have an opening round match for the opera cup lee moriarty versus bobby fish in which bobby fish won by submission we got a great segment from los parks with some trick-or-treat tips uh, in which they beat up uh, some poor schmuck with a Conan mask and uh, touted on the glory of, of Mexican candy over U.S. American candy uh, and sent a message to Conan, which was later replied to in some way by a promo from 5150 with Conan calling out Los Parks. They stated they've already taken care of injustice. Now it's time for them to go to Los Parks, something that Danny uh, Limelight Rivera had said on our show uh, a little over a month ago about how 5150, him and Slice are targeting every single tag team belt they can out there. Another aspect of the show, we were supposed to see Calvin Tankman versus Gina Medina. However, that didn't happen because Calvin Tankman got attacked in the backstage area, cutting his head open, and so he was not able to compete that day. And then your main event for the show was another Opera Cup opening round match, TJP versus Alex Shelley. This match in particular I really liked because they were so tit for tat. Point counterpoint was the term that that commentary used, and I absolutely agree with that. They both controlled the pace of the mat of the match. Uh, you know, to a T and they had both smooth, they both had smooth and fluid movements, um, seamless transitions between moves and submission holds in particular. TJP won that match uh, after a roll up win, leveraging the ropes to secure that pin by the way. So as much as TJP is a baby face in a lot of places that he goes, MLW is one place where he is no baby face at all. So Bobby Fish and TJP advance in the Opera Cup tournament. As far as the news coming out of MLW this week, a lot of announcements about their War Chamber uh, event happening on November 6th in Philadelphia. Some of the matches that were announced this week, we are going to see Homicide versus L.A. Park. 
this is the first time in three years that Homicide is returning to MLW. And, of course, L.A. Park, a lucha legend. So two brutal guys going at it in Philadelphia. That's something that, you know. The house very- of hardcore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> chairs, chairs everywhere. Not a place to sit because they're all going to be in the ring, I feel like. <laughs> And then also announced this week uh, is that we are going to have a ladder match for the vacant National Open Weight Championship. And this will actually air on Fusion, I believe, the week of Thanksgiving. Um, we are going to see Alex Shelley versus Myron Reed versus Zenshi versus Alex Zane versus an unnamed wild card. So a huge opportunity for friend of the show, Zenshi. Um, I mean, to be in this ladder match, this could be his element. If we saw him, remember seeing him in Filthy Island, he jumped off a tree into the ring. So you know the man can fly. But, um, I mean, Alex Shelley, who is a, a veteran and has wrestled all over the world, Myron Reed, who has something to prove after losing his championship belt, Alex Zane, someone that Court Bauer has toted as the future of MLW, and of course the wild card. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Granted, the what this match was announced before we got news of Ring of Honor, but that doesn't mean behind the scenes, you know, we didn't that that wasn't already in the works. So it could be anyone, but it could be someone you know, that may have been more released recently, say from Ring of Honor or from, you know, WWE. It could be someone from the independent scene that we haven't seen in a while or an up-and-comer. That wild card really throws this whole match, you know, or someone just on the roster already. That that leaves a a big um, air of unknown in this match. But uh, I was very excited to hear Zenshi as part of this match. And also two men who have worked a lot with each other in the independence. We already talked about them a little bit earlier as tag team partners at Galley, but they are going to be facing each other again. Adamis versus Eddie's. Um, I mean, MLW was really high on their match. And at this time, Adamis is two and zero against Addies. The big catch with this is that the winner gets a briefcase full of cash. So Cesar Duran strikes with this match, making it lucrative, something to really incentivize them to put together a good match, which you don't really need to incentivize them. But money, well, everybody has a price. Right. <laughs> I I just want to add to the hype of that, that match. Uh, Alex Zane, beyond being touted as the future of that, has had, had several viral moments, including a forward – a, a forward out of the ring 450 splash through a door. Um, he is, uh, there's not a, an object. I know him personally. There's not an object he's been afraid to jump off of. Uh, he's, if you, if you've seen any of these Seattle underground gyms that we have, he's found every nook and cranny and jumped out of them. So, uh, you're going to see some really special moments before we even add that mystery wrestler, just with the wrestlers announced. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's just a a lot that could happen with this, you know, this card. And that's not all. There's still more, uh, to come. So we, uh, talked earlier about, you know, Bobby Fish and TJP advancing. We did get confirmation that TJP will be facing Calvin Tankman in the Opera Cup semifinals. 
Um, so that's going to be one where, again, speed and agility of TJP um, is going to, you know, make it to his advantage against the size and strength of uh, Calvin Tankman. They are playing up that that match will only happen that way if Ta- Tankman can make it. They did remem- remind people there are alternates in the Opera Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the suplex assassin is the, the first person that would get yeah. tapped in. Mm-hmm. Now, let me go back to something in the ladder match, because as you were saying, Alex Zane, I realized I gave the wrong name for that ladder match. So it's not Uh-oh. Alex Zane. It is oh, Alex man. Kane. Alex Kane. Yes, which yes. Makes more sense, but yes. I said Alex Zane and I. My got apologies to that. I because as yes. soon as you were talking about Alex Zane, I was like, wait, 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 no, 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 that's not who I meant to say. So Alex Kane is that, okay. and that's exactly. So still, uh, you know, Corp Bauer did tell Alex Kane as yes. as the future, someone who you know is is more of a recent signee of yes. it. But who knows? Maybe we do see Alex Zane. There, I know he's quickly making his way through the independence, but I want to make this correction before I, I go through. Uh, yeah, especially since I put the, I'll, I'll find another chance to hype up Alex. That's fine. Yes, yes. But I'm sorry, <laughs> Alex Kane is the uh, additional person in the ladder match, who is also the uh, first alternate in the Opera Cup. So yes, yes. Um, and then as well, some pretty interesting news is Enzo is going to be making his uh. MLW debut against Matt Cross. Uh, and you know, Enzo, uh, as a Enzo Amore, uh, you know, is somewhat of a polarizing figure within <laughs> wrestling to say the least, but the man has bravado. The man has character and it will be very interesting to see how he folds into this. And Matt Cross is not going to be an easy match. Matt Cross talking about versatility again, has also wrestled all over the world, has a hybrid of styles, you know, and for whatever he may not have in bolsterous voice, like Enzo, he absolutely has in moveset. So a war chamber oh. is looking to become a very loaded card. So make sure, make sure you stay tuned. Um, some of those will be available as part of Alpha Fusion over the next few weeks. And of course on YouTube. Uh, speaking of that, uh, recently put on YouTube is the, uh, four way middleweight championship match. Tajiri, Myron Reed, Adamese, and Addies. That full match is now available online um, at MLW's YouTube page. So if you missed it on Vice, you can find the entire match on YouTube. Um, and as we talked about Addies and Adamese uh, earlier, or even in previous episodes, um, very much a Tajiri super crazy type of scenario where they will fight forever. And we are just the lucky people <laughs> who get to watch that forever. Yeah. Um, so- very great on that. But that is this week in Major League Wrestling. A lot to cover and a lot to see. But you know that we got you covered each and every week on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Up next, this week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. Yeah, that's right. It's this time. Or it's time for this week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. 
This week we chose October the 27th, 2000, when CMLL held the first ever CMLL La Leyenda Azul, which literally means the Blue Legend, at Arena Mexico in Mexico City. And this was an awesome show. It was held in tribute to the legendary Blue Demon, um, very much the same way, the same kind of style and idea that Santo was on, honored with the La Leyenda de Plata. These shows were held just on a regular Friday night each time. It was a special, like, Super Vierna show instead of CMLL's regular Super Vierna show. But they were all on Friday nights, and they continued to be held annually pretty regularly from 2000 till 2009. When Blue Demon Jr., he was no longer with CMLL. He threatened them with a lawsuit over using the name and the NWA titles and all kinds of stuff. So they discontinued them for a couple of years. But after two years, they returned. And they continued after El Io del Blue Demon gave his approval. And five shows went on between 2011 and 2017. Doing some research into this, I discovered that due to not having a show since 2017, Roosh is still considered the reigning Leyenda La Azul champion. So nice little throw in to some Rouge conversation yeah. this week. Cool spot. On this show, however, this was the first iteration, the very first La Leyenda Azul. And we had a tournament format that saw Blue Panther come out on top after beating Mr. Niebla in yeah. a 16-man Torneo Cybernetico Ooh. match. Yeah, very cool. The other luchadors involved were Brazo de, Brazo de Plata, Bestia, Cien Caras, Emilio Charles Jr., Lismark Jr., Rayo de Jalisco Jr., Viano 4, Apollo Dantes, Viano 3, Shocker, Mascara Año 2000, El Satanico, and Legends of Lucha Libre star Pedro Aguayo. So quite a, quite a show. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of big names tied in there, a lot of talent. Recommend you check this out on YouTube this week. It's out there. The whole show is on there. Yeah. Great stuff. Blue Panther versus Satanico alone is worth the time. <laughs> so like, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this was an awesome show. Because it was the first one. They really yeah. went all out. And, yeah, yeah it, it telegraphs when you watch it. You see it all. Yeah, it's great. So, oh, go ahead, Miranda. No, 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 please go. I was going to say, so we, we just were doing a special look at this this week. We're not mm-hmm. normally, we're not weighing in with all of our thoughts. So I was going to yeah. kick it back to you, Miranda. Yes, yeah, no, that's what I was, uh, great minds think alike. <laughs> um, just reiterating that this information and, of course, the stay in Lucha Libre is uh, located at luchacentral.com. Um, it's something a little different this week as far as honoring, you know, a very a special event, uh, commemorating the, someone whose impact in Lucha Libre is, is a millionfold. Um, and that's also kind of a thing about Lucha Libre. As you could tell, a lot of commemorative events and tournaments and cups to honor those who have passed. And so it is also somewhat fitting as we head into, uh, Dia de los Muertos, uh, early next week, um, as this is very much a time in celebrating those who have passed on. With that, though, 
There's so much more that you can find on LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, can you tell our listeners what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. I mean, you can't beat that price. Free. LuchaCentral.com. Your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. So speaking of spooky season, we had Halloween Havoc this week on NXT. We got a special appearance by Chucky himself, a horror legend and uh, apparently star of his own new show on uh, the USA Network. So go ahead. It's no RoboCop. Nah, no, 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 no. I mean, but also, let's say hello to future Hall of Fame <laughs> inductee Chucky, because uh, that celebrity wing is is drying up real quick. Um, man, who do you think will get into the, to the WWE Hall of Fame first, Chucky or RoboCop? RoboCop. Yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. I think it's gonna be RoboCop. I'm honestly shocked he hasn't been in there already. Right. Again, it's it's a very thin, uh, you know, celebrity wing. So who knows? I don't know. If Sting always stays with AEW, Chucky has a sh- chance. He could be the shoe in over RoboCop. Yeah, that's He's true. That's... RoboCop without Sting. Yeah, that's acknowledging. Yeah, it's acknowledging Sting more than I think WWE wants to at this point. So. Um, but the very first match of the night was the Scareway to Hell ladder match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. The uh, reigning uh, champions, Yoshirai and Zoe Stark, had to work their way through two other teams, Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, and Indy Hartwell and Persia uh, Parada to try and get those belts back. A big brawl started the match with Toxic Attraction being thrown out of the ring. Um, you had a great double drop kick on Indy and Persia from Zoe and Io. I feel like a lot of great tag team work between Io and Zoe. Zoe really pushing herself on more of kind of that acrobatic side as well in this match. Um, you also had a spot where Io moved out of a suplex um in in transition that was originally going to be one on a, on a ladder into a double DDT um and again with kind of the acrobatic movements both EO and Zoe took turns jumping from the ropes to the ladders um to try and stop Indy Hartwell uh from moving her way up the ladder um Eel, of course, it wouldn't be an Eel show ride match without a moonsault, so she landed a beautiful moonsault on JCJ on the ladder. So that she was definitely, 
worn out at that point. Um, but and there was also somewhat of a scary spot towards the end of the match where EO pushed, I'm sorry, Indy pushed EO off the ladder onto another ladder that was set up outside of the ring. And she took a pretty rough tumble to the ground, um, even to the point that Indy Hartwell was concerned. But that was enough of a distraction uh, for Toxic Attraction to climb up the ladder to retrieve the titles and become your new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Later that night, we had the NXT Women's Championship defended uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mandy Rose. It was a spin the wheel, make the deal match in which the wheel was spun to determine the stipulation, which landed on Chucky's choice. And he chose a trick-or-treat street fight. That's a no count out, no DQ match with the match having to end in a pinfall or submission in the ring which Mandy Rose learned the hard way because she tried to pin Raquel Gonzalez outside of the ring and the referee told her, sorry, you can't do it. You got to get in, which really pissed her off. Uh, but back to the entrance, Raquel Gonzalez just came out like a bad ass on a motorcycle into the ring. Hell Great yeah. Lime green look. Um, but yeah, I think I, I echoed what commentary said out loud. Raquel Gonzalez looked like a bad ass. Coming she into did. the ring, she, she really always did. looks like yeah. a badass. But yeah. I mean, there was extra. She that spoon looked, was yeah. that spoon was vicious. huge today. Yeah, <laughs> she yes. just looked vicious on her way out. Oh way yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, badass. Raquel dominated, you know, most of the match to start off with, and eventually Mandy Rose was able to find some openings, utilizing some speed with kicks in the corner. The one thing I will commend Mandy Rose on in this match is that once she got a good shot in, she did not let up. She realized that's what she needed in this match. Also, this was a stipulation match, no DQ, so weapons were allowed. The utilization of uh, a kendo stick helped out. Uh, the stairs, a table, uh, which ultimately was used uh, when Raquel speared Mandy into that said table. Um, but towards the end of the match, we did see a mask figure come to the ring. That mask figure hit Raquel on the back with a shovel, and that allowed Mandy Rose to land a kick to the head of Raquel for the pin and become your new NXT Women's Champion. After that, we saw the masked figure going into the ring and reveal themselves to be Dakota Kai. So Dakota Kai is back in NXT. It looks like we are going to be continuing that feud between Dakota and Raquel, but with no championship because now Toxic Attraction holds all of the gold. I think this stipulation match had to happen this way in order for the transition of champions because I think it was just not going to be believable enough to have Mandy yeah. Rose outright win. Yep. Um, you know, again, I, I said to to her commitment to this match, you know, Mandy really took advantage of a lot of openings and utilization of those weapons. Um, but again, too, it was also very hard to look at this match when you've seen Raquel defend against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai and Dakota Kai in just very strong, you know, singles matches. And so to have this be the way that she loses the NXT Women's Championship is one where it feels a bit overbooked, but it has almost had to happen that way because what other scenario would have been believable? No, I, did, I actually don't 
view this one as overbooked at all. Like you said, it's the uh, the most believable way Mandy wins this. Uh, and it also by having uh, having the Dakota Kai feud reignited, that explains why Raquel doesn't just immediately come back and try for the title again. So, like, uh, this is the perfect way to get the belt off of Raquel uh, in a in a manner where she still looks strong. So, yeah. and we do continue that storyline between Dakota and uh, Raquel, which, you know, has some depth to it. This is over a year in the making. So I think that, uh, it is one of the elements of the quote unquote old NXT that will, you know, be incorporated into NXT 2.0. How long that lasts, who knows what that means for challengers. And I think we even brought this up last week, whether it was on the air or just in some of our discussions. It does allow for a wider variety of challengers now to step up to the plate. And allow for more believability of the title to change at any point. And one yeah. person I distinctly remember, I think Dusty bringing up, was Frankie Monet. A Frankie Monet-Mandy uh, Rose match would be awesome. And it would be very believable, you know, if you were thinking about what your next champion or who your next champion could be after Mandy, could absolutely be Frankie Monet. And should be. It, and it should be. That's also... The point. It should be Frankie Monet. Well, legitimate contender, and that hasn't already been champion, at least in my opinion. Not as she's been presented is my. Yeah, not as she's been presented in NXT, but just knowing her history. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate. You know, we touched on that in the in the banter earlier in the show with the PWI. Like her star has really fallen, and the way she's displayed and highlighted. And NXT is not what it was in Impact or Lucha yep. Underground or AAA. And so I think that kind of coming to terms with who Taya was and who Frankie Monet is yep. is a lot harder for some of us than maybe your more <laughs> casual NXT yeah. or WWE fan. Yeah. Yes. Well, more changes to come in NXT. Also, on a side note, we did have new NXT Tag Team Champions. MSK lost the titles to Imperium, so they are back as Tag Champions. What this means for the tag title scene, who knows? Um, I know we are always, you know, hoping Legado de Fantasma gets a shot at those again. Um, because they came close multiple times in, in, you know, what this means for the NXT tag title scene, who knows, but again, a continuance of a lot of movement. The only title that has not changed is the NXT championship. Um, Tommaso Ciampa defended that and, and successfully won his match. Um, and so, I mean, yes, it's a lot of changes that continue to happen with NXT 2.0, which we got you covered on LuchaCentral.com. Up next, CMLL. Brendan, you have a, a few things about Day of the Dead lineup. Oh, I have. Yeah. So we're going to go over that. First, I have some results. TJP was in Mexico City. So, uh, Friday, uh, Last Friday, the 22nd, we had a, a match, uh, or we had a series of matches. The the last two are what I'm going to cover here. We had Mystico and Ultimo Guerrero in the semi-main event. Mystico came out on top. The reason that I mention this is because at the aftermatch uh, they, is leading to a mask versus hair match between the two. And it is unlikely with Mystico having just gotten the Mystico title back 
that he's going to lose his mask. So we could see a bald Ultimo Guerrero in the near future, which uh, is better than his hockey hair. He's exciting to me for all the wrong reasons because he has one of the ugliest mullets in wrestling. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Like, it's literal achy, breaky hockey (laughs) hair. Like, it's terrible. I've seen a lot of bad mullets in wrestling, but his is one of the worst. Wow, that's saying something. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And he's absolutely right. It's a terrible mullet. Uh, I'm looking at you, Ricky, if you're listening to the show. Uh, but in the main event, we had Titan and Volador Jr. against Templario and TJP. And, uh, TJP did not come out on top on this. He was, they were using him as a foreign Rudo. Uh, Titan and Volador came out on top. They took the last two falls. The, the bad guys took the first one. Um, it's great to see him back. And again, I just, you know, since we've been talking about it, I wanted to give you a result from, from the show that he did. Hopefully we get a few more, but that's the only one that, uh, I've seen him on the lineup for. So I wanted to get that in there. So CMLL is doing three day of the dead shows. I believe I had previously said they were going to be free. I was gravely mistaken. They're doing them on iPay-per-view, which means no replay. So you're going to have to watch them live if you want to see them. I do always recommend Allegedly, at least one of them is going to be on New Japan World. So you may be able to watch one of them on replay on New (laughs) Japan World if you're a subscriber. Okay. Well, we will keep you up to date on that. But uh, so so we have uh, a show Friday, 11.02 in Arena, Mexico. We have another show... Oh, sorry, not Friday. 11.02 in Arena, Mexico. We have a show Friday, 11.05 in Arena, Mexico. And then Saturday at Arena Coliseo. Um, just, uh, just a few highlights here. We're going to have, uh, so I finally get to see Avispa Dorada at a, a Day of the Dead show. She'll be on the 11.02 show. Uh, then we're going to have on that show, you have the Cibernetico for the Rey del Inframundo, which is featuring Mystico, Gran Guerrero, Volador Jr., Templario, Valiente, Gamilio Diablo 1, Atlantis Jr., Gamilio Diablo 2, Angel de Oro, and Felino. Uh, there's a bunch of other matches on there, and then, uh, uh, but we're gonna, because there's three loaded cards here, I'm gonna just trying to do this quick. Then the Friday, 11, the, the, the Friday the 5th show at Arena Mexico, uh, will have, uh, Jarachita and Uvia against Amapola and Metallica for the Mexican win, women's tag titles, uh, Euphoria, Echicero and Mephisto, so the new, uh, evil faction against Cavernario, Dragon Rojo Jr., and Ultima Guerrero. And then Terrible, Against a luchador surpresa. I mean, <laughs> they haven't announced who that's going to be. I believe that's going to be the uh, the winner of the Cybernetico from the the second show. And then the Arena Colosseum show, you will have uh, yeah. 
the Eternio Legrand Opportunidad. This is why I'm stuttering because that's uh, hard for me. Uh, that's going to feature Electrico, Robin, Oro Jr., Pegaso, Stigma, Ombre Bala Jr., Enfermo Jr., Disturbio, Cachorro, uh, Halcone Suriano Jr., Sangre Imperial, Panterita Del Ring Jr. And this is basically, this is your, your chance to, to get into a main event match. That's why you're hearing a lot of names I normally don't say. These are Arena Coliseo guys who I believe they're going to get shipped out to go to Arena Mexico to face somebody in a more main event match and probably be absolutely murdered. But, you know, that's, that's what you're here for. And then in the main on that one, you'll have Felino, Mystico, Volador Jr. against Atlantis Jr., Gran Guerrero, and Ultimo Guerrero. This is a, a, a Relivos Incredibles, uh, six man match. So, uh, all pretty good lineups. Uh, I'm obviously going to have to catch the, the, the second show because, uh, I get to see a Vispa Dorada. But, uh, all of these are on iPay-Per-View. Uh, they, the full lineups are available on Lucha Blog. Uh, I can get you, I can link you the full lineups. I'm gonna see if we can't get this up on, uh, Lucha Central some, at some point, but, uh, that's Pep's decision, not mine. And, uh, that's, that's what we've got for CMLL this week. Uh, it's a pretty stacked lineup. Uh, can't, I can't stress enough how cool these Day of the Dead shows are. They always put, put the production value up to the max. There's always, um, always actors in the, uh, in the, the garb. There's, there's usually black lights and cool digital effects going around. Uh, wrestlers get dragged to the underworld, which is, you know, um, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just always very, very cool. So. There you, there you go. That's our, our day of the dead lineups. That's, that's, uh, starting real soon. Like I said, the first show is on the second. The second one is on the fifth. And the last one is all the way out on the sixth. Uh, that's the one that might wind up on YouTube at some point because sometimes those Colosseum shows wind up, uh, being, uh, subverted and put on YouTube anyway. So, but, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's piracy stuff I'm talking about there. And, uh, that's, that's what I got for CMLL. Thank you, Brendan. Up next, this week in WWE with Dusty. Yeah, we didn't really have anything on SmackDown on Friday, but Monday on Raw brought us a considerable amount. Not necessarily all great, but a considerable amount. First up, we had Selena, as she defeated Dewdrops, which really pleased me and I was kind of surprised about. Queen Selena, as you know, crown uh, jewel, they had the Queen's Crown Tournament. And Zelina won. She, of course, her gimmick now is Queen Zelina, but it's given her some direction. And she's using similar tricks to what she used throughout her career in WWE and NXT when she was a manager, but she's applying them to herself to kind of keep winning matches. I, I love that. The ref didn't notice, but right around the two minute and 30 second spot in the match, Zelina blasted Dewdrop in the face with her royal scepter and was able to pick up the win. Nice spot. Kind of shows how Zelina was able to win despite her size. I, I liked the whole thing. 
two minutes and 30 seconds wasn't great, but honestly, Zelina getting a win in two minutes and 30 seconds on Raw is amazing. She's had as many wins since the beginning of the tournament now as she did in like the previous four years combined. So she's on her way up again. I love it. Zelina is one of my favorite wrestlers. I'm glad they're giving her the chance to wrestle. The next matchup was Austin Theory defeating Dominic Mysterio. Backstage, after a talk, or kind of during a talk between Dominic and Ray, where Dominic was kind of getting a pep talk from Ray, but he, Ray offered to be at ringside. Dominic told Ray to focus on his match tonight, that he could handle this match, and Dominic could not have been more wrong. Austin Theory interrupted the speech. He wanted a selfie. Dominic wouldn't give it to him. And, uh, yeah. Austin Theory is, he's racking up the wins on Raw, and he's doing a great job. He looks great. This week it was Dominic he got the win against. I'm not a fan. I want to see more from Dominic. I hate how he's kind of settling into a jobber role right now. You know, he's there to make other guys look good. He's just a big guy they can beat. Not a fan of that. Dominic didn't want to take a selfie before the match, so Austin took one with the ref after the match. Like I say, it's a it's a very strong win for Dominic or for Austin Theory rather, but it's another strong loss for Dominic and his career's just kind of been filled with losses to important guys and losing important matches and the the feel of that and where it's going. Not a fan personally. Then our third match, final match that was Lucha Relevant of the night on Raw, we had the ladder match for a title shot for the WWE title going to get up against Big E. We had Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor versus Rey Mysterio. And I'll be completely honest with you guys, despite the talent involved in this match, I just didn't find myself that excited. You know, it's... Hard for me to get really hyped about a ladder match in the WWE because of the ladder match aspect. WWE kind of requires a certain amount of tropes for a ladder match that have removed a lot of the suspense for me and the excitement for me as a viewer. There's always a completely illogical table set up. There's always somebody going through a ladder that was laid out horizontally at ringside, usually balanced on the announcer's table. Uh, there's people that all of a sudden they always forget that they're not having a regular match they forsake the ladder or the clipboard the briefcase whatever they're trying to grab to do a move people suddenly get up the ladder and forget how to grab a briefcase or grab a clipboard to undo a hook <laughs> i mean like it happens in every single ladder match yeah. and the formulaic part and, and of that yeah. Just to restress this for those of you who haven't been watching as closely as we do, it's not one of these things. It's all of these. Okay. Literally <laughs> all of them in every single WWE ladder match. Like, it, it just wasn't, yeah. It, it takes all the organic factors out of the match for me, and all I notice is the formula with it. You know, like, oh, there's that spot. Oh, there's that spot. Yep. You know, like, I can kind of point them out. Seth won the match. Nothing new or interesting under the sun on Raw, as long as they can help it. I I don't know. Like, Seth versus Biggie, I I'm not that into that. I 
Rey Mysterio losing again. I, I don't know what they're doing over there on Raw. Not a fan. Hopefully they can turn it around. But what I am a fan of is main event. I mentioned it last week that we would cover last week's. I couldn't get it to work. I, I don't know what the deal was. This week's main event wasn't great. No need to cover it. But last week we had Carrillo and Angel Garza in a tag match against Ricochet and John Morrison. And like, oh my gosh, this was an awesome match. You kind of knew it would be from the names involved, but it was so good. I wish they had some way to align Ricochet with Morrison and Miz. It would give Ricochet some direction in the WWE. It would also freshen him up a little bit, freshen his character up, and even get that rub from working with the Miz. And I, I wish they had something more for him. This match made me wish they had more for him. And it also brought up one of my gripes with main event. They have commercials and matches that break up the show, just like every other wrestling show. But Mm -hmm. unlike most other wrestling shows, this is recorded. And so when they take two and a half minutes out of the match to run commercials and then pick up instead of picking up where they left off, it really breaks up a lot of the match. I don't know why they do that. I mean, I guess I understand it. It presents it like a live program, but it really took away. This was a banger of a match. I feel like if they hadn't cut away for commercial, if we got gotten those extra few minutes, it could have easily been a four-star match, maybe four-and-a-half-star match. It was incredible. What I liked, my favorite part of this match was that Carrillo got the pin. Usually, Angel Garza, you know, he hits the wing clipper, we get the pin. This week, he got the pin with the submission after Angel blasted John Johnny Drip Drip, John Morrison, in the face. And I love that because Humberto needed to look a little stronger. He needed to be picking up some of these wins. And it just makes him look better. And unfortunately, this was probably their last match, at least for a while, on main event. Going to SmackDown, main events taped before Raw. I wish they had done more with the tag team pairing of Ricochet and Morrison against these guys, too, while we had it, because we saw a lot of iterations of this match. Just not that set up. Humberto looks stronger every week. He looks more and more vicious every week, and he looks more and more legitimate every week. And I love what they did with him on main event and did with Garza Carrillo to build them up as a tag team before they go to SmackDown. Hopefully we'll get to see some interesting things there, and they won't just be fed to the Usos. But we'll see. 205 Live. Last week, too. Very Friday night. Very exciting. Amari Miller and Valentina Feroz versus... Katiana Correz and Ulisa Leon. This was mostly just a quick tag match to get some TV exposure for these guys. Now that NXT is like its own third brand, 205 Live has really become where we see the trainees and a lot of the developmental work. And this was a great match for that. Miller picked up the win with a knee strike uh, for the pin on Ulisa Leon at 3 minutes and 44 seconds. As we mentioned last week, Katrina is a masked luchadora from Chile, and Ulisa is a signing. She was very recently announced just last Thursday, October the 21st. She's a second-generation wrestler, also a bodybuilder. She has a great look, great body. She's from Mexico. Her dad is Monterey wrestler Spider-Man, who you may be familiar with. Uh, he wrestles a lot under the name Spider-Man in the Monterey and Tijuana scene. 
Uh, he was also Bronco in TJ and Monterey before he became Spider-Man. That's a name a lot of people are familiar with. So she's got a lot of exciting family history in Lucha, and it's exciting to finally see some, you know, Luchadoras getting attention in WWE. That's something that had always been kind of lacking in WWE. We've seen Luchadors, but we never really had any Luchadoras in WWE. So it's kind of, Exciting to see that. We're going to see a little bit of a, a focus on Katrina. We th- This week, this coming Friday, October 29th, Katrina will be, Katrina Cortez will be going up against Saray on 205 Live in a singles match. So check that out. Lots of good stuff in WWE. Lots of bad stuff in WWE. Lots of stuff in the middle. You just have to know where to look. And generally, Raw and SmackDown are not the places to look. <laughs> but for, yeah, for all the information on WWE and more, LuchaCentral.com, that's where we have it all. Sorry, what were you going to say, Brandon? I didn't mean to oh, cut no. you off. It's funny because it's true. That's all I was yes, saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you, Very if you good analogy. Look, you can analysis. find great stuff, but it's few and far between. 205 Live and Main Event have quickly become my two favorite WWE programs. Yeah. You know, I think that people are kind of sleeping on the the quality of work in those shows, and you, you owe it to yourself to check it out. Seriously, I don't think you'll regret checking them out. Yeah, I think it's a good point, too, about also not only the change happening with NXT, but just that domino effect that how that's impacting um, 205 Live. Yeah, it used to be the Cruiserweight show. Now it's developmental. Very interesting. Very interesting, yes. So for our last news story of the week, it's usually towards the end, just, you know, for time's sake, uh, but not a whole lot of Lucha content as well. Impact Wrestling. Uh, This past Saturday, they had Bound for Glory, one of their biggest shows of the year. My mic drop. Uh, with that, mic drop spot. Mic drop spot. Um, so yeah, so we did have Bound for Glory this past uh, Saturday. Um, a few interesting points as far as matches. Um, Trey Miguel won the Impact Exhibition Championship um, after uh, defeating El Fantasmo and Steve Macklin, um, who were the other two competitors in this match. Very first time that Trey Miguel has uh, won the X-Division Championship. So it is a great um, win for him and, and long overdue. Uh, we also saw Moose win the Call Your Shot gauntlet match, uh, which was a 20-wrestler intergender gauntlet match. Uh, this is what we talked about last week is where we would see some of that uh, Lucha Libre AAA interaction. Uh, as noted, uh, Laredo Kid uh, did enter the match at number 12. As far as that New Japan uh, surprise, but also a little bit AAA Lucha surprise as well, Rocky Romero came out at number two and was in this match. He was unfortunately eliminated pretty early on. He was the first person to be eliminated, and then further down the line, so was Laredo Kid. Um, but uh, Moose won. He eliminated Matt Cardona to win. That will have 
something about that in a second. Uh, something additional to talk about with that. But uh, Deanna Parazzo defended her Impact Knockouts t- title against Mickey James. I think to the surprise of a lot of people, Mickey James ended up winning. Um, she did her signature uh, chick kick spin and then her DDT, uh, her tornado DDT in order to, to land the pinfall. Um, ending the reign of Diana Parazzo. Uh, and so we have not had any word yet of what that means for Diana at the most recent impact tapings. Um, and just this week on impact, we did see that, um, uh, Madison rain came out to challenge Mickey James. And what we will see a little bit later on as well is Mercedes Martinez, possibly teasing, cashing in her opportunity to face the, uh, knockouts, uh, champion. Um, with that also, uh, after Trey Miguel won his X division championship, Rocky Romero came out to, uh, you know, attest and tease, uh, an interest in the X division champion. We did see that come to fruition this week on impact where we had an X division championship match between Rocky Romero and Trey Miguel. Um, but, uh, Trey Miguel did win. That match, but afterwards Steve Macklin came out to attack Trey. So we do seem like we have our next X Division um, championship feud lined up. And then as far as the main event, Josh Alexander uh, challenged Christian Cage for the Impact World Championship, which he won. However, immediately after the match, Moose came out to cash in his Collier Shot Gauntlet win, his trophy to uh, challenge Josh Alexander, which he did uh, by pinfall and won the Impact World Championship. So a pretty big swerve for, uh, I know for me, I was not expecting um, Josh Alexander to lose that belt quite quickly and for Moose to cash in. But that also is not a surprise after seeing everything that Moose has done to try to get his hands on that belt for over a year now. So, um, very, very fitting. Um, but that is uh, your, um, impact wrestling news. Um, other kind of interesting points is that there was a lot of news coming out of Bound for Glory that Bound for Glory was the, um, event that was going to end the forbidden door relationship between AEW and impact wrestling, which a fan like me is totally fine with because it was just not benefiting impact at all. Um, Still no word on what that means for the relationship with new Japan and triple a, it looks like the partnership with new Japan is the most, um, uh, the the most vital right now. Um, But who knows if that means we will continue to see Laredo kids presence um, on uh, impact wrestling news or impact wrestling, um, television if we will see more talent from AAA at any point um come through but um yes that that has been um some of the word coming out of bound for glory and um it's good to see the impact world championship back in impact in an impact feud um and as mentioned earlier um impact wrestling will be presenting turning point on impact plus on November 20th at Sam's Town in Las Vegas. So that will be their next event, um, and it is going to be exclusive to Impact Plus, um, as well as the TV tapings right after that on November 21st and 22nd, um, also at Sam's Town in Las Vegas. So 
Make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast that covers Impact Wrestling and more. And with that, that is it for this week's episode. Uh, Go um, ahead. I was going to – we had some breaking news on ROH. Uh, they they have uh, announced that uh, due to technical difficulties, which are being blamed on the Sinclair hacks, which I have been researching during the this show. Apparently, some people have been hacking Sinclair Broadcasting in various cities. Uh, ROH this week is not going to be showing a, a new programming. They're going to be showing encore programming. So that just is adding to all of this story. I just wanted to throw that in here now because it will probably get lost in the shuffle with all of the follow-up news that will be happening next week. Yes, also, did also Miranda, I don't know. Did you want to mention the other thing that I was, was talking about um, or save that? Uh, we could actually save that, uh, okay. for next week. Let's save that. You know, there, we will have some news on a show coming up on December 11th, uh, related to Mask Republic. We will share more news on that next week. So make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, uh, because more details about that will be announced on next week's show. Uh, so please stay tuned. And make sure you follow LuchaCentral.com, your source for all things Lucha Libre, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You have the Lucha Central YouTube page also available with lots of content on matches and interviews that you won't find anywhere else. With that, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Uh, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And we also have a Lucha Central Weekly News Facebook group on Facebook. So just search Lucha Central Weekly News in the groups and you will find us there. And uh, Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number 321. And then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. Uh, it, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. And I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're listening to us through one of your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Podbay, Speaker, iTunes, and much, much more, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe. That way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You could leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, topics that you like, topics that you don't like, things that we should cover, things that we shouldn't cover, jokes you like, jokes you don't like, whatever that may be. Let us know in the review. And again, we do this each and every week, so get, make sure you stay tuned and listen to us at LuchaCentral.com. Thank you all so much for listening and staying tuned with us. You know that we're going to keep giving you the news you need to know in the world of Lucha Libre. So for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.